Welcome to the Nonlinear Library, where we use text-to-speech software to convert the best writing from the rationalist and EA communities into audio. This is part two of NGO and Yudkowsky on AI Capability Gains, published by Eliezer Yudkowsky and Richard NGO on the AI Alignment Forum. 5.3. Epistemology, and Assessing the Idea of Expected Utility. NGO 1303. Some of my current thoughts are a reiteration of old despair, it feels to me like the typical other within EA has no experience with discovering unexpected order, with operating a generalization that you can expect will cover new cases even when that isn't immediately obvious, with operating that generalization to cover those new cases correctly, with seeing simple structures that generalize a lot and having that be a real and useful and technical experience, instead of somebody blathering in a non-expectation constraining way about how capitalism is responsible for everything wrong with the world, and being able to extend that to lots of cases. I could try to use much simpler language in hopes that people actually look at the Water Feynman style, like navigating a path through time instead of consequentialism which is itself a step down from expected utility. But you actually do lose something when you throw away the more technical concept. And then people still think that either you instantly see in the first second how something is a case of navigating a path through time, or that this is something that people only do explicitly when visualizing paths through time using that mental terminology. Or, if Eliezer says that it's navigating time anyways, this must be an instance of Eliezer doing the thing other people do when they talk about how capitalism is responsible for all the problems of the world. They have no experience operating genuinely useful, genuinely deep generalizations that extend to non-obvious things. And in fact, being able to operate some generalizations like that is a lot of how I know what I know, in reality and in terms of the original knowledge that came before trying to argue that knowledge with people. So trying to convey the real source of the knowledge feels doomed. It's a kind of idea that our civilization has lost, like that college class Feynman ran into. Oops, didn't see this comment earlier. With respect to discovering unexpected order, one point that seems relevant is the extent to which that order provides predictive power. To what extent do you think that predictive successes in economics are important evidence for expected utility theory being a powerful formalism? Or are there other ways in which it's predictively powerful that provide significant evidence? I'd be happy with a quick response to that, and then on geopolitics, here's a prompt to kick us off. If the only two actors involved in AGI development were the US and the UK governments, how much safer, or less safe, would you think we were compared with a world in which the two actors are the US and Chinese governments? How about a world in which the US government was a decade ahead of everyone else in reaching AGI? Yukowski 1306. I think that the Apollo space program is much deeper evidence for utility. Observe, if you train protein blobs to run around the savanna, they also go to the moon. If you think of utility as having something to do with the human discipline called economics then you are still thinking of it in a much 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 more narrow way than I do. NGO 1307. I'm not asking about evidence for utility as an abstraction in general, I'm asking for evidence based on successful predictions that have been made using it. Yukowski 1310. That doesn't tend to happen a lot, because all of the deep predictions that it makes are covered by shallow predictions that people made earlier. Consider the following prediction of evolutionary psychology, humans will enjoy activities associated with reproduction. What, says Simplicio, you mean like dressing up for dates? I don't enjoy that part. No, you're overthinking it, we meant orgasms, says the evolutionary psychologist. But I already knew that, that's just common sense, replies Simplicio. And yet it is very specifically a prediction of evolutionary psychology which is not made specifically by any other theory of human minds, replies the evolutionary psychologist. Not an advanced prediction, just so story, too obvious, replies Simplicio. NGO 1311. 
Yep, I agree that most of its predictions won't be new. Yet evolution is a sufficiently powerful theory that people have still come up with a range of novel predictions that derive from it. Insofar as you're claiming that expected utility theory is also very powerful, then we should expect that it also provides some significant predictions. Yukowski 1312. An advanced prediction of the notion of utility, I suppose, is that if you train an AI which is otherwise a large blob of layers, though this may be inadvisable for other reasons, to the point where it starts solving lots of novel problems, that AI will tend to value aspects of outcomes with weights, and weight possible paths through time, the dynamic progress of the environment, and use, by default, usually, roughly, the multiplication of these weights to allocate limited resources between mutually conflicting plans. NGO 1313. Again, I'm asking for evidence in the form of successful predictions. Yukowski 1314. I predict that people will want some things more than others, think some possibilities are more likely than others, and prefer to do things that lead to stuff they want a lot through possibilities they think are very likely. NGO 1315. It would be very strange to me if a theory which makes such strong claims about things we can't yet verify can't shed light on anything which we are in a position to verify. Yukowski 1315. If you think I'm deriving my predictions of catastrophic alignment failure through something more exotic than that, you're missing the reason why I'm so worried. It doesn't take intricate complicated exotic assumptions. It makes the same kind of claims about things we can't verify yet as it makes about things we can verify right now. NGO 1316. But that's very easy to do. Any theory can do that. Yukowski 1317. For example, if somebody wants money, and you set up a regulation which prevents them from making money, it predicts that the person will look for a new way to make money that bypasses the regulation. NGO 1317. And yes, of course fitting previous data is important evidence in favor of a theory. Yukowski 1317. But that's very easy to do. Any theory can do that. False. Any theory can do that in the hands of a fallible agent which invalidly, incorrectly derives predictions from the theory. NGO 1318. Well, indeed. But the very point at hand is whether the predictions you base on this theory are correctly or incorrectly derived. Yukowski 1318. It is not the case that every theory does an equally good job of predicting the past, given valid derivations of predictions. Well, hence the analogy to evolutionary psychology. If somebody doesn't see the blatant obviousness of how sexual orgasms are a prediction specifically of evolutionary theory, because it's common sense and not an advanced prediction, what are you going to do? We can, in this case, with a lot more work, derive more detailed advanced predictions about degrees of wanting that correlate in detail with detailed fitness benefits. But that's not going to convince anybody who overlooked the really blatant and obvious primary evidence. What they're missing there is a sense of counterfactuals, of how the universe could just as easily have looked if the evolutionary origins of psychology were false, why should organisms want things associated with reproduction, why not instead have organisms running around that want things associated with rolling down hills? Similarly, if optimizing complicated processes for outcomes hard enough, didn't produce cognitive processes that internally mapped paths through time and chose actions conditional on predicted outcomes, human beings would not think like that? What am I supposed to say here? NGO 1324. Let me put it this way. There are certain traps that, historically, humans have been very liable to fall into. For example, seeing a theory, which seems to match so beautifully and elegantly the data which we've collected so far, it's very easy to dramatically overestimate how much that data favors that theory. Fortunately, science has a very powerful social technology for avoiding this, i.e. making falsifiable predictions, which seems like approximately the only reliable way to avoid it, 
and yet you don't seem concerned at all about the lack of application of this technology to expected utility theory. Yukowski 1325. This is territory I covered in the sequences, exactly because well it didn't make a good enough advance prediction yet, is an excuse that people use to reject evolutionary psychology, some other stuff I covered in the sequences, and some very predictable lethalities of AGI. NGO 1326. With regards to evolutionary psychology, yes, there are some blatantly obvious ways in which it helps explain the data available to us. But there are also many people who have misapplied or overapplied evolutionary psychology, and it's very difficult to judge whether they have or have not done so, without asking them to make advanced predictions. Yukowski 1326. I talked about the downsides of allowing humans to reason like that, the upsides, the underlying theoretical laws of epistemology, which are clear about why agents that reason validly or just unbiasedly would do that without the slightest hiccup, etc. etc. In the case of the theory people want stuff relatively strongly, predict stuff relatively strongly, and combine the strengths to choose, what kind of advanced prediction that no other theory could possibly make, do you expect that theory to make? In the worlds where that theory is true, how should it be able to prove itself to you? NGO 1328. I expect deeper theories to make more and stronger predictions. I'm currently pretty uncertain if expected utility theory is a deep or shallow theory. But deep theories tend to shed light in all sorts of unexpected places. Yukowski 1330. The fact is, when it comes to AGI, general optimization processes, we have only two major data points in our dataset, natural selection and humans. So you can either try to reason validly about what theories predict about natural selection and humans, even though we've already seen the effects of those or you can claim to give up in great humble modesty while actually using other implicit theories instead to make all your predictions and be confident in them. NGO 1330. I talked about the downsides of allowing humans to reason like that, the upsides, the underlying theoretical laws of epistemology, which are clear about why agents that reason validly or just unbiasedly would do that without the slightest hiccup, etc. etc. I'm familiar with your writings on this, which is why I find myself surprised here. I could understand a perspective of yes, it's unfortunate that there are no advanced predictions, it's a significant weakness, I wish more people were doing this so we could better understand this vitally important theory. But that seems very different from your perspective here. Yukowski 1332. Oh, I'd love to be making predictions using a theory that made super detailed advanced predictions made by no other theory which had all been borne out by detailed experimental observations. I'd also like 10 billion dollars, a national government that believed everything I honestly told them about AGI, and a drug that raises IQ by 20 points. NGO 1332. The very fact that we have only two major data points is exactly why it seems like such a major omission that a theory which purports to describe intelligent agency has not been used to make any successful predictions about the data points we do have. Yukowski 1332-1333. This is making me think that you imagine the theory is something much more complicated and narrow than it is. Just look at the water. Not very special water with an index. Just regular water. People want stuff. They want some things more than others. When they do stuff they expect stuff to happen. These are predictions of the theory. Not advanced predictions, but predictions nonetheless. NGO 1333-1333. I'm accepting your premise that it's something deep and fundamental, and making the claim that deep, fundamental theories are likely to have a wide range of applications, including ones we hadn't previously thought of. Do you disagree with that premise, in general? Yukowski 1336. I don't know what you really mean by deep fundamental theory or wide range of applications we hadn't previously thought of, especially when it comes to structures that are this simple. 
It sounds like you're still imagining something I mean by expected utility which is some narrow specific theory like a particular collection of gears that are appearing in lots of places. Are numbers a deep fundamental theory? Is addition a deep fundamental theory? Is probability a deep fundamental theory? Is the notion of the syntax semantics correspondence in logic and the notion of a generally semantically valid reasoning step, a deep fundamental theory? NGO 1338. Yes to the first three, all of which led to very successful novel predictions. Yukowski 1338. What's an example of a novel prediction made by the notion of probability? NGO 1338. Most applications of the central limit theorem. Yukowski 1339. Then I should get to claim every kind of optimization algorithm which used expected utility, as a successful advanced prediction of expected utility? Optimal stopping and all the rest? Seems cheap and indeed invalid to me, and not particularly germane to whether these things appear inside AGIs, but if that's what you want, then sure. NGO 1339. These are predictions of the theory. Not advanced predictions, but predictions nonetheless. I agree that it is a prediction of the theory. And yet it's also the case that smarter people than either of us have been dramatically mistaken about how well theories fit previously collected data. Admittedly we have advantages which they didn't, like a better understanding of cognitive biases, but it seems like you're ignoring the possibility of those cognitive biases applying to us, which largely negates those advantages. Yukowski 1342. I'm not ignoring it, just adjusting my confidence levels and proceeding, instead of getting stuck in an infinite epistemic trap of self-doubt. I don't live in a world where you either have the kind of detailed advanced experimental predictions that should convince the most skeptical scientist and render you immune to all criticism, or, alternatively, you are suddenly in a realm beyond the reach of all epistemic authority, and you ought to cuddle up into a ball and rely only on wordless intuitions and trying to put equal weight on good things happening and bad things happening. I live in a world where I proceed with very strong confidence if I have a detailed formal theory that made detailed correct advanced predictions, and otherwise go around saying, well, it sure looks like X, but we can be on the lookout for a miracle too. If this was a matter of thermodynamics, I wouldn't even be talking like this, and we wouldn't even be having this debate. I'd just be saying, oh, that's a perpetual motion machine. You can't build one of those. Sorry. And that would be the end. Meanwhile, political superforecasters go on making well-calibrated predictions about matters much murkier and more complicated than these, often without anything resembling a clearly articulated theory laid forth at length, let alone one that had made specific predictions even retrospectively. They'd just go do it instead of feeling helpless about it. NGO 1345. Then I should get to claim every kind of optimization algorithm which used expected utility, as a successful advanced prediction of expected utility? Optimal stopping and all the rest? Seems cheap and indeed invalid to me, and not particularly germane to whether these things appear inside AGIs, but if that's what you want, then sure. These seem better than nothing, but still fairly unsatisfying, insofar as I think they are related to more shallow properties of the theory. Hmm, I think you're mischaracterizing my position. I know we're advocated for feeling helpless or curling up in a ball. I was just noting that this is a particularly large warning sign which has often been valuable in the past, and it seemed like you were not only speeding past it blithely, but also denying the existence of this category of warning signs. Yukowski 1348. I think you're looking for some particular kind of public obeisance that I don't bother to perform internally because I'd consider it a wasted motion. If I'm lost in a forest I don't bother going around loudly talking about how I need a forest theory that makes detailed advanced experimental predictions in controlled experiments, but, alas, I don't have one, so now I should be very humble. I try to figure out which way is north. When I have a guess at a northerly direction, 
It would then be an error to proceed with as much confidence as if I'd had a detailed map and had located myself upon it. NGO 1349. Insofar as I think we're less lost than you do, then the weaknesses of whichever forest theory implies that we're lost are relevant for this discussion. Yukowski 1349. The obeisance I make in that direction is visible in such statements as, but this, of course, is a prediction about the future, which is well known to be quite difficult to predict, in fact. If my statements had been matters of thermodynamics and particle masses, I would not be adding that disclaimer. But most of life is not a statement about particle masses. I have some idea of how to handle that. I do not need to constantly recite disclaimers to myself about it. I know how to proceed when I have only a handful of data points which have already been observed and my theories of them are retrospective theories. This happens to me on a daily basis, e.g. when dealing with human beings. So R is 1350. I have a bit of a sense that we're going in a circle. It also seems to me like there's some talking past happening. I suggest a five minutes break, followed by A attempting to paraphrase RN to his satisfaction and vice versa. Yukowski 1351. I'd have more trouble than usual paraphrasing RN because epistemic helplessness is something I find painful to type out. So R is 1351. I'm also happy to attempt to paraphrase each point as I see it. It may be that this smooths over some conversational wrinkle. NGO 1352. Seems like a good suggestion. I'm also happy to move on to the next topic. This was meant to be a quick clarification. So R is 1352. Nod. It does seem to me like it possibly contains a decently sized metacrux, about what sorts of conclusions one is licensed to draw from what sorts of observations. That, e.g., might be causing Eliezer's probabilities to concentrate but not Richard's. Yukowski 1352. Yeah, this is in the opposite direction of more specificity. Soares, playful face, NGO, smiley face. I frankly think that most EAs suck at explicit epistemology, Open Phil and FHI-affiliated EAs are not much of an exception to this, and I expect I will have more luck talking people out of specific errors than talking them out of the infinite pit of humble ignorance considered abstractly. So R is 1354. Okay, that seems to me like a light bid to move to the next topic from both of you. My new proposal is that we take a five minutes break and then move to the next topic, and perhaps I'll attempt to paraphrase each point here in my notes, and if there's any movement in the comments there we can maybe come back to it later. NGO thumbs up. NGO 1354. Broadly speaking I am also strongly against humble ignorance, albeit to a lesser extent than you are. Yukowski 1355. I'm off to take a five-minute break, then. 5.4. Government response and economic impact. NGO 1402. A meta-level note, I suspect we're around the point of hitting significant diminishing marginal returns from this format. I'm open to putting more time into the debate, broadly construed, going forward, but would probably want to think a bit about potential changes in format. So R is 1404, move 2 up in log. A meta-level note, I suspect we're around the point of hitting significant diminishing marginal returns from this format. I'm open to putting more time into the debate, broadly construed, going forward, but would probably want to think a bit about potential changes in format. Noted, thanks. Yukowski 1403. I actually think that may just be a matter of at least one of us, including Nate, having to take on the thankless job of shutting down all digressions into abstractions and the meta-level. NGO 1405. I actually think that may just be a matter of at least one of us, including Nate, having to take on the thankless job of shutting down all digressions into abstractions and the meta-level. I'm not so sure about this, because it seems like some of the abstractions are doing a lot of work. Yukowski 1403-1404. Anyways, government reactions. It seems to me like the best observed case for government reactions, 
which I suspect is no longer available in the present era as a possibility, was the degree of cooperation between the USA and Soviet Union about avoiding nuclear exchanges. This included such incredibly extravagant acts of cooperation as installing a direct line between the President and Premier. Which is not what I would really characterize as very deep cooperation, but it's more than a lot of cooperation you see nowadays. More to the point, both the USA and Soviet Union proactively avoided doing anything that might lead towards starting down a path that led to a full nuclear exchange. NGO 1404. The question I asked earlier. If the only two actors involved in AGI development were the US and the UK governments, how much safer, or less safe, would you think we were compared with a world in which the two actors are the US and Chinese governments? How about a world in which the US government was a decade ahead of everyone else in reaching AGI? Yukowski 1405. They still provoked one another a lot, but, whenever they did so, tried to do so in a way that wouldn't lead to a full nuclear exchange. It was mutually understood to be a strategic priority and lots of people on both sides thought a lot about how to avoid it. I don't know if that degree of cooperation ever got to the fantastic point of having people from both sides in the same room brainstorming together about how to avoid a full nuclear exchange, because that is, like, more cooperation than you would normally expect from two governments, but it wouldn't shock me to learn that this had ever happened. It seems obvious to me that if some situation developed nowadays which increased the profile possibility of a nuclear exchange between the USA and Russia, we would not currently be able to do anything like installing a hotline between the US and Russian offices if such a hotline had not already been installed. This is lost social technology from a lost golden age. But still, it's not unreasonable to take this as the upper bound of attainable cooperation, it's been observed within the last 100 years. Another guess for how governments react is a very simple and robust one backed up by a huge number of observations. They don't. They have the same kind of advanced preparation and coordination around AGI, in advance of anybody getting killed, as governments had around the mortgage crisis of 2007 in advance of any mortgages defaulting. I am not sure I'd put this probability over 50% but it's certainly by far the largest probability over any competitor possibility specified to an equally low amount of detail. I would expect anyone whose primary experience was with government, who was just approaching this matter and hadn't been talked around to weird exotic views, to tell you the same thing as a matter of course. NGO 1410. But still, it's not unreasonable to take this as the upper bound of attainable cooperation, it's been observed within the last 100 years. Is this also your upper bound conditional on a world that has experienced a century's worth of changes within a decade, and in which people are an order of magnitude wealthier than they currently are? I am not sure I'd put this probability over 50% but it's certainly by far the largest probability over any competitor possibility specified to an equally low amount of detail. Which one was this? US-UK? Yukowski 1412-1414. Assuming governments do react, we have the problem of what kind of heuristic could have correctly led us to forecast that the US's reaction to a major pandemic would be for the FDA to ban hospitals from doing in-house COVID tests? What kind of mental process could have led us to make that call? And we couldn't have gotten it exactly right, because the future is hard to predict, the best heuristic I've come up with, that feels like it at least would not have been surprised by what actually happened, is, the government will react with a flabbergasting level of incompetence, doing exactly the wrong thing, in some unpredictable specific way. Which one was this? US-UK? I think if we're talking about any single specific government like the US or UK then the probability is over 50% that they don't react in any advance coordinated way to the AGI crisis, to a greater and more effective degree than they reacted in an advance coordinated way to pandemics before 2020 or mortgage defaults before 2007. 
Maybe some two government somewhere on earth will have a high-level discussion between two cabinet officials. NGO 1414. That's one lesson you can take away. Another might be, governments will be very willing to restrict the use of novel technologies, even at colossal expense, in the face of even a small risk of large harms. Yukowski 1415. That's one lesson you can take away. Another might be, governments will be very willing to restrict the use of novel technologies, even at colossal expense, in the face of even a small risk of large harms. I just don't know what to do when people talk like this. It's so absurdly, absurdly optimistic. It's taking a massive, massive failure and trying to find exactly the right abstract gloss to put on it that makes it sound like exactly the right perfect thing will be done next time. This just, isn't how to understand reality. This isn't how super forecasters think. This isn't sane. So R is 1416. Be careful about ad hominem. Richard might not be doing the insane thing you're imagining, to generate that sentence, etc. NGO 1417. Right, I'm not endorsing this as my mainline prediction about what happens. Mainly what I'm doing here is highlighting that your view seems like one which cherry-picks pessimistic interpretations. Yukowski 1418. That abstract description governments will be very willing to restrict the use of novel technologies, even at colossal expense, in the face of even a small risk of large harms does not in fact apply very well to the FDA banning hospitals from using their well-established in-house virus tests, at risk of the alleged harm of some tests giving bad results, when in fact the CDC's tests were giving bad results and much larger harms were on the way because of bottleneck testing, and that abstract description should have applied to an effective and globally coordinated ban against gain-of-function research, which didn't happen. NGO 1419. Alternatively, what could have led us to forecast that many countries will impose unprecedentedly severe lockdowns? Yukowski 1419-1421-1421. Well, I didn't. I didn't even realize that was an option. I thought COVID was just going to rip through everything. Which, to be clear, it still may, and Delta arguably is in the more primitive tribal areas of the USA, as well as many other countries around the world that can't afford vaccines financially rather than epistemically. But there's a really really basic lesson here about the different style of sentences found in political history books rather than sentences produced by people imagining ways future politics could handle an issue successfully. Reality is so much worse than people imagining what might happen to handle an issue successfully. NGO 1421141421422. I might nudge us away from COVID here, and towards the questions I asked before. The question I asked earlier. If the only two actors involved in AGI development were the US and the UK governments, how much safer, or less safe, would you think we were compared with a world in which the two actors are the US and Chinese governments? How about a world in which the US government was a decade ahead of everyone else in reaching AGI? This being one. But still, it's not unreasonable to take this as the upper bound of attainable cooperation, it's been observed within the last 100 years. Is this also your upper bound conditional on a world that has experienced a century's worth of changes within a decade, and in which people are an order of magnitude wealthier than they currently are? And this being the other. Yukowski 1422. Is this also your upper bound conditional on a world that has experienced a century's worth of changes within a decade, and in which people are an order of magnitude wealthier than they currently are? I don't expect this to happen at all, or even come remotely close to happening. I expect AGI to kill everyone before self-driving cars are commercialized. Yukowski 1629 November 14th follow-up comment. This was incautiously put, maybe strike expect and put in would not be the least bit surprised if or would very tentatively guess that. NGO 1423. Ah, I see. Okay, maybe here's a different angle which I should have been using. 
What's the most impressive technology you expect to be commercialized before AGI kills everyone? Yukowski 1424. If the only two actors involved in AGI development were the US and the UK governments, how much safer, or less safe, would you think we were compared with a world in which the two actors are the US and Chinese governments? Very hard to say, the UK is friendlier but less grown up. We would obviously be vastly safer in any world where only two centralized actors, two effective decision processes, could ever possibly build AGI, though not safe, out of the woods, at over 50% survival probability. How about a world in which the US government was a decade ahead of everyone else in reaching AGI? Vastly safer and likewise impossibly miraculous, though again, not out of the woods at all, not close to 50% survival probability. What's the most impressive technology you expect to be commercialized before AGI kills everyone? This is incredibly hard to predict. If I actually had to predict this for some reason I would probably talk to Gwern and Carl Schulman. In principle, there's nothing preventing me from knowing something about Go which lets me predict in 2014 that Go will probably fall in two years, but in practice I did not do that and I don't recall anybody else doing it either. It's really quite hard to figure out how much cognitive work a domain requires and how much work known AI technologies can scale to with more compute, let alone predict AI breakthroughs. NGO 1427. I'd be happy with some very rough guesses. Yukowski 1427. If you want me to spin a sci-fi scenario, I would not be surprised to find online anime companions carrying on impressively human-like conversations, because this is a kind of technology that can be deployed without major corporations signing on or regulatory approval. NGO 1428. Okay, this is surprising, I expected something more advanced. Yukowski 1429. Arguably Alpha Fold 2 is already more advanced than that, along certain dimensions, but it's no coincidence that as far as I know people haven't really done much with Alpha Fold 2 and it's made no visible impact on GDP. I expect GDP not to depart from previous trend lines before the world ends, would be a more general way of putting it. NGO 1429. What's the most least impressive technology that your model strongly rules out happening before AGI kills us all? Yukowski 1430. You mean least impressive? NGO 1430. Oops, yes. That seems like a structurally easier question to answer. Yukowski 1430. Most impressive is trivial. Dyson Spheres answers it. Or, for that matter, perpetual motion machines. NGO 1431. Ah yes, I was thinking that Dyson Spheres were a bit too prosaic. Yukowski 1432. My model mainly rules out that we get to certain points and then hang around there for 10 years while the technology gets perfected, commercialized, approved, adopted, ubiquitized enough to produce a visible trendline departure on the GDP graph, not so much various technologies themselves being initially demonstrated in a lab. I expect that the people who build AGI can build a self-driving car if they want to. Getting it approved and deployed before the world ends is quite another matter. NGO 1433. OpenAI has commercialized GPT-3. Yukowski 1433. Hasn't produced much of a bump in GDP as yet. NGO 1433. I wasn't asking about that, though. I'm more interested in judging how hard you think it is for AIs to take over the world. Yukowski 1434. I note that it seems to me like there is definitely a kind of thinking here, which, if told about GPT-3 five years ago, would talk in very serious tones about how much this technology ought to be predicted to shift GDP, and whether we could bet on that. By take over the world do you mean turn the world into paperclips or produce 10% excess of world GDP over predicted trend lines? NGO 1435. Turn world into paperclips. Yukowski 1436. 
I expect this mainly happens as a result of superintelligence, which is way up in the stratosphere far above the minimum required cognitive capacities to get the job done? The interesting question is about humans trying to deploy a corrigible AGI thinking in a restricted domain, trying to flip the game board, take over the world without full superintelligence? I'm actually not sure what you're trying to get at here. So R is 1437. My guess, for the record, is that the crux Richard is attempting to drive for here, is centered more around something like will humanity spend a bunch of time in the regime where there are systems capable of dramatically increasing world GDP, and if not how can you be confident of that from here? Yukowski 1438. This is not the sort of thing I feel confident about. Yukowski 1631 November 14th follow-up comment. My confidence here seems understated. I am very pleasantly surprised if we spend five years hanging around with systems that can dramatically increase world GDP and those systems are actually being used for that. There isn't one dramatic principle which prohibits that, so I'm not confident, but it requires multiple non-dramatic events to go not as I expect. NGO 1438. Yeah, that's roughly what I'm going for. Or another way of putting it, we have some disagreements about the likelihood of humans being able to get an AI to do a pivotal act which saves the world. So I'm trying to get some estimates for what the hardest act you think humans can get an AI to do is. So R is 1439. And that a difference here causes, e.g., Richard to suspect the relevant geopolitics happen after a century of progress in 10 years, everyone being suddenly much richer in real terms, and a couple of warning shots, whereas Eliezer expects the relevant geopolitics to happen the day after tomorrow, with realistic human-esque convos being the sort of thing we get instead of warning shots. NGO, thumbs up. Yukowski 1440. I mostly do not expect pseudo-powerful but non-scalable AI powerful enough to increase GDP, hanging around for a while. But if it happens then I don't feel I get to yell what happened, at reality, because there's an obvious avenue for it to happen, something GDP increasing proved tractable to non-deeply general AI systems. Where GPT-3 is not deeply general. NGO 1440. Again, I didn't ask about GDP increases, I asked about impressive acts, in order to separate out the effects of AI capabilities from regulatory effects, people having AI but not using it, etc where you can use whatever metric of impressiveness you think is reasonable. Yukowski 1442. So there's two questions here, one of which is something like, what is the most impressive thing you can do while still being able to align stuff and make it corrigible, and one of which is if there's an incorrigible AI whose deeds are being exhibited by fools, what impressive things might it do short of ending the world? And these are both problems that are hard for the same reason I did not predict in 2014 that Go would fall in 2016, it can in fact be quite hard, even with a domain as fully lawful and known as Go, to figure out which problems will fall to which level of cognitive capacity. So R is 1443. Nate's attempted rephrasing, EY's model might not be confident that there's not big GDP boosts, but it does seem pretty confident that there isn't some half-capable window between the shallow pattern memorizer stuff and the scary laser-like consequentialist stuff, and in particular Eliezer seems confident humanity won't slowly traverse that capability regime. Yukowski 1443 that's allowed? I don't get to yell at reality if that happens? So R is 1444. And, shakier extrapolation, that regime is where a bunch of Richard's hope lies, e.g., in the beginning of that regime we get to learn how to do practical alignment, and also the world can perhaps be saved midway through that regime using non-laser-like systems. NGO, thumbs up. Yukowski 1445. So here's an example of a thing I don't think you can do without the world ending, get an AI to build a nanosystem or biosystem which can synthesize two strawberries identical down to the cellular but not molecular level, and put them on a plate. 
This is why I use this capability as the definition of a powerful AI when I talk about powerful AIs being hard to align, if I don't want to start by explicitly arguing about pivotal acts. This, I think, is going to end up being first doable using a laser-like world-ending system. So even if there's a way to do it with no lasers, that happens later and the world ends before then. NGO1447. Okay, that's useful. Yukowski1448. It feels like the critical bar there is something like invent a whole engineering discipline over a domain where you can't run lots of cheap simulations in full detail. NGO1449. Meta note, let's wrap up in 10 minutes. I'm starting to feel a bit sleepy. Yukowski, thumbs up, Soaris, thumbs up. This seems like a pretty reasonable bar. Let me think a bit about where to go from that. While I'm doing so, since this question of takeoff speed seems like an important one, I'm wondering if you could gesture at your biggest disagreement with this post colon slash. Yukowski 1451. Oh also in terms of sci-fi possibilities, I can imagine seeing 5% GDP loss because text transformers successfully scaled to automatically filing lawsuits and environmental impact objections. My read on the entire modern world is that GDP is primarily constrained by bureaucratic sclerosis rather than by where the technological frontiers lie, so AI ends up impacting GDP mainly insofar as it allows new ways to bypass regulatory constraints, rather than insofar as it allows new technological capabilities. I expect a sudden transition to paperclips, not just because of how fast I expect cognitive capacities to scale over time, but because nanomachines eating the biosphere bypass regulatory constraints, whereas earlier phases of AI will not be advantaged relative to all the other things we have the technological capacity to do but which aren't legal to do. SHA 1213 September 21st follow-up comment. My read on the entire modern world is that GDP is primarily constrained by bureaucratic sclerosis rather than by where the technological frontiers lie. This is a fair point and updates me somewhat towards fast takeoff as operationalized by Paul, though I'm not sure how much it updates me on PDOOM. Er, wait, really fast takeoff as operationalized by Paul makes less sense as a thing to be looking for, presumably we die before any one-year doubling. Whatever, it updates me somewhat towards less deployed stuff before scary stuff is around. NGO1456. Ah, interesting. What are the two or three main things in that category? Yukowski1457. mRNA vaccines, building houses, building cities? Not sure what you mean there. NGO1457. Things we have the technological capacity to do but which aren't legal to do. Yukowski1458 1500 hours. Egg, you might imagine, what if AIs were smart enough to build houses, wouldn't that raise GDP? And the answer is that we already have the pure technology to manufacture homes cheaply, but the upright stick construction industry already successfully lobbied to get it banned as it was starting to develop, by adding on various constraints. So the question is not is AI advantaged in doing this, but is AI advantaged at bypassing regulatory constraints on doing this? Not to mention all the other ways that building a house in an existing city is illegal, or that it's been made difficult to start a new city, etc. What if AIs could design a new vaccine in a day? We can already do that. It's no longer the relevant constraint. Bureaucracy is the process limiting constraint. I would, looking in again at the Sideways View essay on takeoff speeds, wonder whether it occurred to you, Richard, to ask about what detailed predictions all the theories there had made. After all, a lot of it is spending time explaining why the theories there shouldn't be expected to retroduct even the data points we have about progress rates over hominid evolution. Surely you, being the even-handed judge that you are, must have been reading through that document saying, my goodness, this is even worse than retrodicting a few data points. 
A lot of why I have a bad taste in my mouth about certain classes of epistemological criticism is my sense that certain sentences tend to be uttered on incredibly selective occasions. NGO 1459-1506. Some meta-thoughts, I now feel like I have a pretty reasonable broad outline of Eliezer's views. I haven't yet changed my mind much, but plausibly mostly because I haven't taken the time to internalize those views, once I ruminate on them a bunch, I expect my opinions will shift, uncertain how far, unlikely to be most of the way. Meta-thoughts, continued, insofar as a strong disagreement remains after that, which it probably will, I feel pretty uncertain about what would resolve it. Best guess is that I should write up some longer essays that try to tie a bunch of disparate strands together. Near the end it seemed like the crux, to a surprising extent, hinged on this question of takeoff speeds. So the other thing which seems like it'd plausibly help a lot is Eliezer writing up a longer version of his response to Paul's takeoff speeds post. Just as a brief comment, I don't find the bureaucratic sclerosis explanation very compelling. I do agree that regulatory barriers are a huge problem, but they still don't seem nearly severe enough to cause a fast takeoff. I don't have strong arguments for that position right now though. So R is 1512. This seems like a fine point to call it. Some wrap-up notes. I had the impression this round was a bit more frustrating than last rounds. Thanks all for sticking with things, smiley face. I have a sense that Richard was making a couple points that didn't quite land. I plan to attempt to articulate versions of them myself in the interim. Richard noted he had a sense we're in decreasing return territory. My own sense is that it's worth having at least one more discussion in this format about specific non-consequentialist plans Richard may have hope in, but I also think we shouldn't plow forward in spite of things feeling less useful, and I'm open to various alternative proposals. In particular, it seems maybe plausible to me we should have a pause for some offline write-ups, such as Richard digesting a bit and then writing up some of his current state, and or Eliezer writing up some object-level response to the takeoff speed post above. NGO, thumbs up. I also could plausibly give that a go myself, either from my own models or from my model of Eliezer's model which he could then correct. NGO 1515. Thanks Nate. I endorse the idea of offline write-ups. So R is 1517. Cool. Then I claim we are adjourned for the day, and Richard has the ball on digesting and doing a write-up from his end, and I have the ball on both writing up my attempts to articulate some points, and on either Eliezer or I writing some takes on timelines or something. And we can coordinate our next discussion, if any, via email, once the write-ups are in shape. Yukowski 1518. I also have a sense that there's more to be said about specifics of government stuff or specifics of ways to bypass consequentialism and that I wish we could spend at least one session trying to stick to concrete details only. Even if it's not where cruxes ultimately lie, often you learn more about the abstract by talking about the concrete than by talking about the abstract. So R is 1522. I, too, would be enthusiastic to see such a discussion, and Richard, if you find yourself feeling enthusiastic or at least not despairing about it, I'd happily moderate. Yukowski 1537. I'm a little surprised about how poorly I did at staying concrete after saying that aloud, and would nominate Nate to take on the stern duty of blowing the whistle at myself or at both of us. This was part 2 of NGO and Yukowski on AI capability gains. Thanks for listening. To help us out with the nonlinear library or to learn more, please visit nonlinear.org.